This is the open bar, opening bar. Actually, I think I forgot this part. <laughs> Thanks for listening all up in your car. YouTube Live is where we are. Wait, are we J Mike? That's my co-host, by the way. They sorta call me Gabe on the mic every booze day. Oops, I meant Tuesday. Though really, who's to say? I think it's about time to press play. Go. King of empty threats to my daughter. But he's three and a half, so Christmas works year round. I've heard a lot of the elf and elf on the shelf threats, like like you know, they name their elf and then it's just like, you know, so and so. You go like what well, I'm gonna do to so and so. Ralphie sees you. Ralphie sees you. Don't be naughty, Ralphie sees you. Oh lord. Uh, and this is a good opportunity to say uh, that we're live. <laughs> the fake pigskin open bar. Uh, nearly Featuring, Ralphie. <laughs> Featuring Ralphie. Watch out, watch out, kids. <laughs> uh, live uh, almost every Tuesday, not so much in the off season, about uh, twice a month or so. And 9.30 Eastern, never late. Show up early and we'll buy you a drink or two. Um, Jay Mike, what's up, dude? I haven't seen yeah, you in yeah, so long. It's been a minute, man. Where you been, man? Oh, I mean, seriously, where you been? Uh, literally right here. Like, I kept the YouTube live open the entire time, just waiting for you to come back. I was like, <laughs> just two straight weeks of sitting right there. That man buns looking extra crispy. <laughs> It's actually, in fact, crispy because you haven't watched it in two weeks. Man, that is that's something. Yeah. Oh, but you look good. The goatee's popping. You've got the Tom Selleck stash with it. I'm I'm grinding, man. See you. <laughs> I, uh, I I was in a a student teacher uh, basketball game, and I I had the full uh, handlebar. I I had cornrows. I mean, I was I was literally a mess. So. <laughs> I'm just happy to be back in my. <laughs> Wait, can we can we go back to you having cornrows real quick? I can't believe I didn't tell you. Because <laughs> over it's my always... life, I've had cornrows. I had locks for a few years, but I, I need you to I need you to give me the play by play on on your cornrows. Like, did you have a design? Because your hair is pretty long. I mean, you've got some serious salad. It is. It it uh, was. Uh... Kind of post Malone like it, it, I, I got a lot of different looks like Eastbound and Down, um, <laughs> a little bit of riff raff like all all the kids were just throwing shade left and right. But uh, you know it, it got pretty sunny when it came to the basketball court. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> all right, fair enough. So so on the basketball court, what is your game like? I mean, can can you take a player either past or present and tell me what what's your game like? Oh, what's my game like? Like you taking uh, it to the rack, you passing the ball, you rebounding like Rodman, you just scoring from anywhere. I, I really, I really like to dribble. Um, I used to, I used to be able to dribble a lot better than I can now because I, I tur turned up, you know, to uh, grow a foot in two years, and I couldn't. I, I was my hands were further away from the floor. I mean, that's just kind of how life works. You grow, and the ball gets further away from you. <laughs> more ways than one <laughs> or two so what you're saying is your handle's a little loose is that what you're saying, I'm right saying yeah that's what i'm saying but i i what my my style is i i kind of 
dribble through, you know, several people, let's say, and then I like to kick it out. I like to create. I like to create for others. I don't know who that is, but, um, you know, not the handles like Kyrie, but I wish. All right. <laughs> so, so Bungie, the creator. Fair enough. We can work with that. <laughs> we can work with that. All right. We're, we're talking way too much about my really. <laughs> you can't just say, oh, I had cornrows. And then like, we don't even talk about that. Like, come on now. <laughs> oh, by the way. <laughs> I, I had to drop oh. bombs. We got, we got bombs today. We've got a big old uh, lineup tonight, J. Mike. I mean, we've got our third co-host uh, that comes in about every so often, every few weeks and. Um, he's not wearing the green jacket tonight. Don't really appreciate that, but am very happy to have him. So, uh, Jake, dude, what's up? How you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing pretty well. I I too have missed you guys. It's been it's been too long since I've been on, and tonight is a great occasion to come back on and and start up some some football talk and and shoot the jargon. Shoot the jargon. Fair enough. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like something. That's the word that came to my head, and I don't know why. Shoot the you words. Know, you ever get stuck in sentences, and you just start talking, and you have no idea what you're saying, but I can't just stop talking. It's like, that, guy, it's like that realtor guy in that movie with um, oh Sarah Marshall guy. I don't remember who it is. For, where forgetting Sarah Marshall. My best friend's wedding. Yeah, with forgetting Sarah Marshall, but it's like – the. Oh, the Job, Job, like saying Jobin likes. Or, yeah, you yeah, saying, you know, you've seen that movie. What I'm talking about that I can't name right now because my brain's fried. But from I love you, man. Yeah, yeah, I love you, man. Nickname for him. He's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Jobin. Jobin. Yes. All right. See you yes. later, City Slicker. <laughs> That's one of my favorite movies. It's oh yes, I love the awkwardness of that movie. <laughs> That's now, me in a nutshell. Now, Jake, this is, I mean, as your uh, Twitter handle suggests, I mean, this is your prime time of the year. Oh, How are you feeling? I feel good. I mean, I, I would say before I had a wife and kids, I was I, I dove into the draft season much harder than I do now. Uh, but I still love it. The, the offseason is my favorite time of year. Evaluating incoming rookies, even though I'm not a big college football fan, but this is this is the time where we start to dive into tape and start to figure out these prospects for our own. And then as I've noticed that I don't watch as much tape, I just lean on guys like Matt Waldman even more to kind of steer me in the right direction and correct my wrongs about film evaluation. <laughs> I was going to say it'd be pretty neat if we could just get a, a, a guest to come on that just happened to watch a little bit of tape, just a smidge. <laughs> With that being said... <laughs> Gabe, it's time to introduce uh, okay. our, our, our cleanup hitter here. I'm trying to come up with a Jobin-type nickname for you, Nat, Matt, but uh, <laughs> it's, not, it's not coming through. So I'm just going to have to call you Matt for now. We'll see what happens later. But uh, Matt Walden, man, I, I am very, very excited to have you on and welcome. Hey, man, it's my pleasure. And I just have to drop this reference because as you're talking and, and talking about your basketball game, you know, and we talked about Jobin. Well, isn't that other guy's name Pete? So... <laughs> We hey. could kind of, we could kind of do the. Uh, oh, it won't show it. It won't. Oh, there it no. is. There it is. Maravich. Pete Maravich. There oh. we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the 
Yes. You know? yes. <laughs> so, like, I see with some just imagine Pistol P with some cornrows right now. Right? Right? So but yeah, man, I'm That's glad perfect. to be on. This is fun already. This has been this is I this this makes me feel like I'm at home. This is that was that was a significantly better <laughs> off than I made. Like <laughs> thank you for bringing that. <laughs> I'm like Kyrie with no handle, yeah. but kind of handle. <laughs> delete that part, man. I also He's just had to, I also had to drop a guy who was the last time I got to watch basketball on a regular basis. So actually, it was Dwayne Wade, but it feels like Pete Maravich was the last one I probably got to watch. Man, that's hilarious. Oh boy. Um. Well, we we're, we're we'll, we'll probably talk a little bit about rookies. Right. I don't know. We'll we'll find a few to talk about at least. Um, I don't know. I what, be, what, what I think it'd be. I think it'd be great if we brought Matt on and didn't talk a lick of football. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know. It might not happen, Matt. Like you, you've probably been busy talking oh. about actually football, but it literally might not happen. Hey, like I could use the break. Minutes. That's all right with me. So. All of his followers tune in and they're like, "What the hell is yeah. going on?" <laughs> I'll have to put a post up. If you if you just want to hang out with the with four guys who are having fun, then you know tune in. But if you want if you want to hear me talk about football, you're SOL, my friend. You're SOL. Sorry. Well, well hearing that this is Matt's what fourth podcast of the night, <laughs> I kind of want to give him a break. Anyways, I'm gonna feel bad for every. Nah, man, it's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> Once you know, we had Bill. I had the Bill centric podcast, so you know. It was more Bill centric type of stuff. So I mean, you know, we're good. We're good. So Matt, just because we actually do have people uh, who watch and listen that are not as uh, dynasty focused or even fantasy football focused, a lot of people just like to rock with us. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, what you do, and uh, your passions. Maybe even if you do any kind of underwater basket weaving, uh, <laughs> anything of that nature. Uh, let, let us hear it. Sandwich. Curling, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah and, and definitely whatever your favorite sandwich is. We've got to know your sandwich take. Okay, well, that's a good deal. Um, well, I'm I am the I'm a writer, a football writer at Football Guys, and I'm also the owner publisher of a, of a publication called the Rookie Scouting Portfolio, which is a draft guide that I've been doing since 2006. It's my full time job, and I study prospects um, at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. I got started doing that because I guess the 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 try and sum up a long a long story. You could say that I was a I was a wannabe musician back in the 1980s at the University of Miami who wanted to be a jazz musician. Realized that I didn't have the talent of like the people that I knew who who were probably going to end up doing that. Who wound up being like major producers and and players and things like that. And decided to go to the University of Georgia because it was the only school I could afford because I was from Georgia at the time and school was not nearly as good as it is now. Um, so <laughs> I ended up there. Um, I wrote a little bit at their newspaper. I had a I had a um, editor who basically worked at Sports Illustrated during the time that you know when Larry Bird was at Indiana State and had that cover on Sports Illustrated where he's telling everybody to shush with a bunch of cheerleaders, mm -hmm. pro, you know, next to him. He wrote that cover story about Larry uh, about that. And he also covered Herschel Walker at Georgia. He told me a lot of nice things about my writing that I wish I heard as a musician. So, of course, I promptly decided not to be a writer 
and ended up in an industry, in a corporate industry that I kind of grew into a full-time job there for about 15 years. And I was managing operations um, for a, a company that had about 60 branches around the United States. And I learned all these different quality measures that um, helped me you know, develop monitoring processes for performance evaluation on various levels. And I decided one day as a big fan of football that I would try and apply that to evaluating football players at those positions because I was getting into fantasy football. And I started writing about fantasy football while I was doing other freelance writing work occasionally for that same guy who told me all those things that I liked to hear, but I was too afraid to do anything about. And uh, ended up, you know, ended up doing this book and it's been about 15 years now. It's my full-time job and it's a publication that rates players for both. It, it, it does two parts. It's got a pre-draft that's available April 1 of every year that kind of gives you the dynasty focus of who these players are, what they could possibly be. Um, and I, and it's about a 300 page guide that also then shows all the ridiculous work that I do on it that can, that's on a downloadable level. And I probably will be doing away with that ridiculous work within a year or two in terms of showing all of that. But I did it because, you know, I didn't play football on an organized level at, at any level that was, you know, that would put, I would put on a resume and I, and I certainly didn't work in the league. And so I wanted people to understand what I was doing, how I was doing it to the letter. And, you know, that that's grown. And so then I have a post draft guide along with that a week after the draft that kind of explores these players in terms of fit where they where they match up with those teams, depth chart analysis, as well as ADP analysis versus my ranking. So when I tell you something way out there, like, you know, Spencer Ware was my number three or four back in a given year, you know, and everyone's like, are you kidding me? The guy's like not even going to get drafted. Um, and I say, or Isaiah Crowell was my number one back in that given year. And I'll say, I know he's not going to get drafted. I know he's probably not going to be high on your list, but because I think he's one of the top backs, Here's where I would draft him compared to where ADP is so that you're not overspending, but you're also still looking at my rankings and getting something valuable out of it. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. And it's become a thing that I guess fantasy user, fantasy owners like to use a lot. And and I have um, a fair bit of media that, that like to buy it, as well as some folks in the league who, who use it as a cross-checking device. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, I can't rec recommend that uh, RSP enough. I've, I've been... I've been subscriber for years and uh, it's helped me out hugely in my dynasty, even in my redraft uh, leagues back in the day. And I remember getting Thomas Rawls and Crowell off of waivers and uh, <laughs> I owe that to Matt. And, uh, every, every time I hear you talk about being a jazz musician and especially that we talked about basketball early on here, that reminds me of that episode on <laughs> The Office. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Scott <laughs> gives the analogy between jazz music and basketball. <laughs> oh, I thought I thought you, know, I, I I thought you were gonna that. I thought you were gonna make the comparison that Stanley's handle in that episode is how. Are Gabe you serious? <laughs> that's like that's how Gabe dribbles with his arm behind his back. <laughs> I don't know. I got taller. I can't dribble like I used to. Oh my gosh, that is a great sure, episode. Man. Yeah. <laughs> all I know is, all I know is that I, 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 I used Dwight Shroot used to scare the living daylights out of me, and then the more that show went on, the more I loved him. <laughs> oh, he's such a good character. Him. Yeah. He is. 
I thought the jazz was going to go the jazz flute route. I was really, really <laughs> happy. Man, I, you know, I played saxophone, so that means you have to I double did. on woodwinds and you had to double on the flute, but I could never, I could never play the flute. <laughs> so the first, the, first, the first instrument I got rid of when I stopped playing was that flute. <laughs> it's like, uh, we're done here. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> well, can we start off with some hot fire? If, if you've got your Spencer Ware, Isaiah Crowell, uh, Thomas Rawls type of player, can you drop that bomb for us right here on the open bar? See, look at that. Well, I could probably drop some fire on a few things, but I think that type of player who I think is, you know, probably underrated and may not get drafted, but I think could develop into something really strong is Richie James out of Middle mm. Tennessee State. 5'9", 171. I, he's not, you know, everyone wants to compare him to Steve Smith and nobody's Steve Smith. I'm just, I mean, Steve Smith is like, a, he's a mutant. So you, you can't really, you can't really compare him or, and he'll probably beat you up if you tried. So he's, he, <laughs> which I kind of admire about him, but yeah, he's, um he's a guy that can go up and win the ball in the air the way Smith does. Um, he's not quite as physical, but he can take a physical pounding. Um, despite his size, he's very good after the catch. He got great vision. His routes aren't as complete for an outside receiver, but he's very good as an inside guy. He's he's someone that I think could wind up making his way onto a roster and being that spark plug who winds up catching a lot more passes than you'd expect and being a PPR dynamo that you get, you know, as an undrafted, you know, free agent. Now. Now we can't get too crazy here because I've got a game coming up, Matt, and you don't know about this. Neither I mean the guys don't necessarily know what the game is either. So we're not gonna get too deep into your takes on everyone just yet because <laughs> I think that we're gonna have a lot of fun with that here shortly. Sweet. With that being said, <clears throat> shout out to everyone that's in the in the live chat with us. A, a lot of our a lot of the folks that show us love. Shane from DFF, what up, Shane? Uh, we've got John, Jonathan Smith in here. We've got Casey, the first lady of the open bars in here. Uh, and also looks like we've got Zach, the Odyssey Dummies. He's in the building as well. So real quick, somebody, uh, Shane, one of the, the first question in here, Shane says that Matt, he needs your definitive truth about wide receiver James Washington. How is he supposed to feel about the hype train that has been the gun show Guns Mahoney, Dez Bryant mixed with uh, Justin Blackman hype train that everyone seems to be piling on. Well, it's interesting because I like James Washington an awful lot. And if he shows what I think he'll show at the combine, there will still be people who nitpick his top end speed to some degree, because I think anybody who they want as a top wide receiver has got to run like a four, three forty, which is just silly. You know, you really, if you run anywhere between a four, five and a four, six, but you've got great speed in terms of acceleration off the line, that first 10 to 15 yards, your 20 yard shuttle, your three cone drill, if those are strong and he runs like a high four five, I don't care. You know, he's he will be one of the top receivers in this class. He understands one of the things you don't see at Oklahoma State very often is that he doesn't face a lot of press coverage. Most guys know that he wins so often, you know, deep that they play off coverage on him. So you don't get to see him win in that press environment. But the senior bowl, he had so many different release moves. And you if you look hard enough on his tape and do what I do, because, you know, 
here's my RSP cocoon um, chair right here that I had to break <laughs> out because <laughs> wasn't quite doing the trick for me um, last night. My I'm man, my legs were like singing a court, you know, singing like a choir basically when I was able to put them up for a little bit. And you know, it's sad to say, but um, you know, I'm watching a ton of tape on him, and you can find that his <clears throat> um, his releases are varied and effective in ways that you know don't normally see from a young receiver at this stage of his career so i like him i think he's smooth i think he's technically sound he he's terrific at tracking the ball and i'm just looking to see what his 40 time is because i looked it up his track times and saw that he ran the 100 at a personal best 1081 and i'll give a shout out to my wife because she ran a 1078 when she was in high school. Dang. Um, now that's a deep threat. But yeah. could she stack DBs, man? Man, she <laughs> I think she could I, honestly, I think that she'd probably get kicked out of games for clothesline in them, probably. <laughs> but uh but yeah, she ran a personal best 1078 once. So I like to joke around about that because um because you know her coaches were like, You're a horrible starter and and you smoke a, a cigarette before the meet and you're short. <laughs> And all these all these gazelles are out there, and they look at you and start laughing, and then like all they see, all they see is your tailwind, basically. Taillights, you know exactly. I raced her once when we were in our thirties when we first met, just because I was goading her. I was by no means ever fast, um, but it was fun just to see. And I, I, it, it was like watching a video game, like Yo, just hitting <laughs> the A button, man. It was crazy. That ten so, seven's no joke. No, that so but the, no joke. No, that's no, no, no. I think it was. It was, I want to say it was Jackie Joyner or it was Evelyn Ashford who won the IAFF in Germany with a 1078 a year after she ran that. So, I, you know, it makes me laugh. But yeah, to me, that's probably around a 4-4-4-5-40. Um, so I'm thinking that if James Washington runs like he does in his, uh, you know, runs in his 100 times back in school, he's probably going to be somewhere in the high four fives. At, at worst so i'm i'm anticipating i'm i'm kind of anticipating that event so we're comping james washington to your wife at yeah. This point. yeah yeah except that she, he, he probably though he knows taekwondo but she probably fights dirtier so <laughs> <laughs> For the, for for for, the, for you millennials who are sitting there like jackie joiner who's that <laughs> google something and and you'll learn you something. You're gonna learn today. <laughs> Google yeah, Pete Maravich while you're at it too. Yeah, Pete Maravich also. Yeah. See, I love being the old man in the room where I can throw out all these dated <laughs> references, you know, and just make, you know, I'm surprised you still have viewers at this point. <laughs> uh, you mean had viewers at yeah. this yes. point? Yes. <laughs> uh, those are, those are some great points there, Matt. What I like about James Washington is is he's arguably one of if not the best deep threat in this draft class but Ooh. he also has he also has extremely strong hands and, and can high point the ball a little bit and uh i heard marcus mosher uh is it mosher or mosher yeah. mosher i think, I think mosher. it's mosher oh, it's uh he his comp was he, he runs in with will fuller but with hands yeah that's an interesting that's an interesting take with that i mean i can see how that's how that that would fit you know i don't have a take from just yet i've heard chris chambers is one that was mm. that was fascinating to me emory yeah. hunt who who i value his opinion a lot 
he he talked about Chris Chambers and he probably might come in that 5'10", 5'11", range instead of six feet. So um, I don't remember what he measured at the senior bowl. I should, I should look at that and see what that is, but I always just wait till the combine. He had really, back. really long arms and, and big hands, I believe, right? 30, right. 34 inch arms and almost 10 inch hands, I think. Yeah. And he's got, he's got that reach for sure. He, he uses it very well, but it's just his ability really to stack defenders when mm -hmm. you can get, you can get that separation and have the awareness and the willingness to just cut that guy off. I don't care what you run in the last 20 meters of that 40 yard dash, because if you can get on top of him fast enough that you can do that, you can control the pace. You could just slow down and wait for the ball to come, you know, at, at that point, if you need to, and you're just going to force interference penalties. So he, you know, if, if he's going to disappoint at the combine, it would be because his first 20 yards, you know, are slow, like slower than average if that happens. And then <clears> there is talk from some people saying that he has, he has good finishing speed, but he doesn't have good early speed. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, then that's going to be fascinating to me because even at the senior bowl, he was beating people left and right on short and intermediate routes because of his ability to, to win technically. But right. you know, it's not all, yeah, it's not, and it's not all about, uh, the metrics when gaining separation, there's other ways to create space and you can do that by stacking receivers and, and having good awareness on the field as well. Yeah. He's going to be the cloudiest receiver probably after the combine. I have a feeling in mm -hmm. terms of how people see him. So you're saying that I have to step off of uh Courtland Cortland Sutton as my number one wide receiver a little bit because of this James Washington dude. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna, I'm probably gonna harsh your buzz a little bit about <laughs> Portland Sutton a little bit here because Loves it took a, it took a, yeah, it took a little while for him to grow on me. Um, and part of the issue was when you catch the football, you need to use good hand position based on where the target is. Um, otherwise, at the NFL, with tighter coverage, with harder throws, it, you end up in situations where you can invite the ball into your body or let or create situations where you're dealing with contact. And if your hands aren't in a good spot to begin with, it makes the catch even more difficult. So I often talk about hand position as you got that diamond position where you've got your hands kind of in a diamond on high throws above the waist and you can control in terms of being able to use that. And you're trying to attack the point of the ball and your fingers kind of act as like little shock absorbers for the spin of the ball. And it's better to have, you know, eight to 10 different digits trying to control the, the, the rate of that ball, the wonders of human engineering, as opposed to it hitting the broad side of the barn on your palms and recoiling off at a really hard rate. And Brandon and, you know, Cortland Sutton, what ends up happening with him? I was going to have the Freudian slip of Brandon Marshall there, but um, <laughs> Cortland Sutton. Was, and when I get really tired, I start doing former NBA players conflating their names together. But <laughs> David Best was Travis Best for me. Like in my book, Gene Bramwell used to say, no, dude, this is in Georgia Tech in the 1980s. But, uh, <laughs> but with Cortland Sutton, oftentimes he'll try and catch the ball, clapping it together. Think of like your kid went before they were the age of, you know, six or seven, learning how to catch and they clap it. And the ball spins right past that and ends up hitting them in the chest or going through his grip because he doesn't have that hand position. Now, is that something that can be overcome? Absolutely. Quincy and Nunwa, the Jets, man, some of his hand position. I literally saw him try and catch a ball like this one time. 
I mean, I, I, I kid you not, at Nebraska, I saw him go up for a ball like that and was thinking, what in the world? But he worked on a jugs machine relentlessly during his first year with the Jets, and he credited that, said that he got much better because he was focusing on using the correct techniques. And Sutton, unfortunately, his hands either get too far apart or he tries to clap on the ball, and he drops a ridiculous amount of passes more than he should based on the situation, or he double catches a lot of balls that may wind up drops for him. And then there's a guy over um, on Twitter who his name is Brad Kelly, who I would recommend anyone who's listening to this following because he's a wide receiver coach at a high school, but he does a wonderful job of breaking down film um, and, and, and especially at that position. And last night he was talking about something that I, I haven't really mentioned much of, but I definitely see it. And it's not big for fantasy owners, but it's his blocking. And they talk about the lack of effort as a blocker. And I see a lot of lack of effort in his play as a sometimes with certain routes and certain blocking. It's not that you shouldn't take plays off and all that kind of thing. Let's not go Randy Moss on this, but it's just, there's, there's a level of intensity that isn't always there. And it's even not, not always there on plays that I would like to see when I see him on, he looks like a guy that you'll go, Oh, he could be a Brandon Marshall type threat for you. And I think he's worthwhile to draft and hope that he develops into that. But in games where he wasn't quite on, you're uh, I kind of scratching my head with that. He's a guy that's going to drop a lot of passes in the NFL, but he will also probably catch enough that um, that you'll be happy with him and look back at it and go, well, what's you know he was a top receiver. Yeah, it's just the risks are a little higher. Gotcha. Yeah, it's it's always frustrating when you see a a six four two hundred twenty pound wide right. receiver with all the skills and talent you would think he'd have. And what drives me crazy is when those guys tr go up to a high point of ball and they just jump and let the ball come into their waist. It's just – it's a yeah. very frustrating thing because if he could high point, and like you said, yeah, catch it like a diamond, he'd be a di completely different player. Yeah, and a lot of these young guys do that also. They don't understand how to use their hands on high pointing and they try and use this underhand technique <laughs> where they're up in the air like this. You're like, you have nowhere else to go. Like, you understand your hands have nowhere else to go here. You're not going to be – and you're just going to – what you're going to be doing is like bailing it like a like water. The ball is going to be bailed <laughs> like water over your head trying to bring this in over the guy unless you've got like huge mitts to clasp onto it. And some of them do. But you just have more control side to side with your hands, you know, over in that fashion. So it's, you know, these guys have a lot to learn. And we have to remember that, you know, when they get into the league, if they seek out the help of veterans and some position coaches and consultants who've played in the league, who coach, they can really learn a lot at that level. In college, oftentimes, unless they're at a few programs, and I can't even tell you which those pro what programs they really are. Because most programs say, oh, you're big, oh, you're tall, oh, you're fast, you're going to win as an athlete, you know, and and then whatever skills they acquire, that's great. But it's like, drop the music reference, you know, when it comes to football and being coached up, yeah, you're going to see these drills at the senior bowl and these drills and practices, and they, they last, what, 20 minutes? And they're like, each guy gets like four reps. Are you really going to learn four reps? If you've ever played a musical instrument, you know that like when you when you went, if you were in school and played in band, you play in band and they warm up and it's going to be, okay, we're going to play some scales. 
you know so you play some scales you you all play together to see if you can play in tune and that takes about 5 10 15 minutes at most and then you're off to rehearsing whatever it is that you're rehearsing if you're going to get better at knowing your instrument and knowing the whole range of it trust me you're going to practice you're going to practice scales for hours and hours and all sorts of varieties i remember having being tested on scales that was like having to play like 164 varieties of different scales for a for a test that took hours to learn when you that's do that's disgusting first of yeah, all yeah it is <laughs> it is 164 that's just gross it is it is gross and it's, it's the less right. it's the less exciting stuff i mean yeah. it's the things that you you need a foundation of to be able to be great and not have to think about those things whether you're playing band or football whatever i mean that's that's right and you're not going to learn that in five minutes of practice every day where they right. just they're you're going to have to take that and go okay well i'm going to spend an hour or two on this a week outside of practice to get better at it and a lot of those young guys don't get that now it stay staying in this lane before we before we get into some more fun here uh matt uh, also in the chat, I'm going to combine a couple of questions together. Um, one, uh, this is from Jonathan Smith and Zach, uh, again, from the Dynasty Dummies. And basically, we, we've heard a lot about this wide receiver class coming in being subpar uh, by, by many accounts. Um, one, do you think that this class is as bad uh, as many people think it is? And two, uh, with that being said, we've highlighted a couple of the guys that people like a lot. A lot of guys that's kind of going under the radar per se is Auden Tate. Uh, is he real deal, or what have you seen from him so far? So, what's this wide receiver class like, and what is Auden Tate? I guess in this class, yeah this this class is this class is getting the shaft because last year the class wasn't all that strong in terms of highlight names. Like you, you, you everyone in in football basically wants they think a good class is. There's a Julio Jones, Andre Johnson, AJ Green, Odell Beckham type of player around every corner. And last year's class was actually quite good. It just was filled with a lot of secondary guys and slot guys who could be high volume for you, but aren't the the marquee athletes that that you know that are going to highlight your team on that level. And this this class is kind of similar in that regard. There's there's got there's probably more guys who have promised to maybe develop into uh you know approximations of those types of marquee players um and Auden Tate is certainly one of them and I'll talk about him in a sec but it is a it's a class filled with a lot of secondary guys or or vertical threats or players who will be probably your wide receiver two in fantasy leagues or wide receiver three or wide receiver four in fantasy leagues who are starters on teams but aren't your top end guys um, but one of those guys who could be the exception is Tate. He's strong. I think he catches the ball in traffic and, and winning the ball in the air as well as any receiver in this class, if not better. Um, he's someone that you know understands how to use his body. You know, there was a joke. I think it was either Aitman or Marcel Aitman or um, Alan Lazard at the Senior Bowl where. He tried to, it was, I think it was Lazard, tried to use a release where he was like a 185 pound slot receiver. <laughs> and the and the coach just screamed at him, like, come on, man, you are like, you're a big guy. Play like a big guy, you know? And of course, I'm sure, you know, I, I have to think that some of these guys are still learning at the point that they don't even, 
they they don't understand the technical details of how to do that just yet. But he did. He happened to do so and played better. But I think that Tate's a guy you don't have to say to him, play like you're six five, two hundred and twenty five pounds. Um, it, you know, and he also has enough quickness that he just was injured enough and played on a team with you know Dalvin Cook. So you know when you look at it, and a quarterback that was okay, but nothing great by you know NFL prospect standards, nothing that you would write home about. So when you look at it from that standpoint, you know his production isn't going to get him the marquee mention, but his game is good enough that he deserves to be in your top five. I think. Yeah, another uh, <laughs> Mosier point here. I was listening to him on uh, Roto Underworld today. And he was absolutely destroying Tate about he thinks he's going to – he's lumbering. And I I honestly – I think he's relatively fast for his size, and I think he has some agility in the open field. And I was surprised that Marcus was so down on him to make, and expects him to run you know worse than maybe Treadwell did a couple years ago. Well, it might happen. And if, and if it does, then – you know that'll be something that I'll have to certainly take a look at, but um, if he's if he's quick enough, then I'm not really worried about the long speed. And to be honest with you, I know that people are like down on on Treadwell, and they look well it was and they they want to look for the magic reason, you know that there and usually the magic reason is sometimes the stat or the or a data point that they can latch onto. And with him, they think the data point is lack of long speed. But I think that when you look at his game, I've watched him enough this year in just small moments where he flashes the game that was there. And if if you know he gets a shot to demonstrate, if he demonstrates that he's playing consistently, I think for him it was really just getting acclimated to the level of the play. But there's moments that you watch him, you go, okay, that's the first round player that that the Vikings drafted and why they drafted him there. And I and I think that he's still a patience play and a nice real buy low like super you know you know big lots type of price type of thing that you're going to get out of him. Um, and I big think, lots, yeah. And big he's lots. still he's still 23 years old. He came he's, in yeah, yeah, young, so yeah. young. <laughs> he faced he faced a lot of adversity his rookie season too. He he lost Teddy after yeah. he he'd gone through the whole off season with. They brought in Sam Bradford, Norv Turner's. It's is so difficult to learn as a rookie. Yeah. He doesn't make anything easier. I think his confidence got shot a little bit. And then Adam Thielen decided to turn into an absolute superstar. And you got yeah. Diggs there. <laughs> yeah. And you have a low low volume passing offense. I mean, I don't I don't think it's on Laquan. We saw that catch against Green Bay this year. That was that was the Laquan we saw in, in college. Uh-huh. uh-huh. So I think I still have that on his yeah, yeah, you watch you watch for him in his second contract. I think if he gets a shot or you know, just he needs he needs to get some targets. He only got oh yeah, 20 catches this year, which was an improvement from his rookie season, but he needs some volume and he needs to get uh, some playing time. Yeah, he it's not like he was dropping passes left and right and running the wrong routes right. all over the place. Right. You know, I mean he's gonna make mistakes, but I agree with you one hundred percent and and an audentate I'm I'm not really that concerned about because you know, I mean, at the same time, some of these bigger guys, I mean, even big Mike Williams back in the day, who I really liked out of USC, it, when he was in shape and, and with and that year in Seattle, you could mm-hmm. see when he was in shape, he was fine, you know, and he's much, I think he's, he's the lumbering idea right. of what, you know, that 
what Marcus was probably scaring people about. And even at that, you know, if you can catch the ball, box out, and you have and you're mm. quick enough, you're gonna be fine. And I think yeah. it's that type of player at worst. He can't be a worse athlete than Kelvin Benjamin. And we've seen we've seen <laughs> Kelvin Benjamin win in certain ways on the field. You know, he's yeah. he's a he's a decent he's a decent player. So I don't see yeah. I think Auden Tate is is a better version of of Kelvin Benjamin. That's a fantastic point. And I couldn't agree more with that. You got a game here, J. Mike? I, I, I do. I just oh, want to. I want to make sure it, you guys need to get any need to fire off any other shots before we jump into this. You're busting I, my oh, buttons, Matt. Let's, let's dive sorry, in the deep. But end. I do have my favorite sandwich. Oh, yeah. here. Favorite oh. sandwich. It, it is full, full circle. It is the eggplant farm. Right Sit here. Sit down, right. Peyton. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get mad a new commercial right now. Let's hear Where's song, my man. eggplant parmesan? <laughs> I like it. I see it already. We're doing things here. Big things. Hashtag, shout out to the gut feels, guys. We're hashtag doing things right now. Squashing uh, the competition, really. <laughs> so all right. So so um this is Matt, obviously, we've never played this game before. I just kind of thought of it today uh, on the show sheet that you never received and I never sent to anyone because it didn't get created. Um, so what we're doing is this. Uh, each of you will take a position, okay, between quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers. Uh, and just real quick, Matt, how many dynasty leagues are you in? About eight. Eight. Good stuff. Are you are you super flex or no super flex? What, what, what do you prefer? I prefer no super flex, but I'm in probably half of them are. No, two of them are. Two of them are super flex. Yes. Good stuff. All right, here we go. So this is what's going to happen. You can either choose, and I'll tell you the name of the game here in a minute, but first you have to actually choose a position. Do you want, and again, this is going to be in regards to the upcoming NFL prospects, quarterbacks, running backs, or wide receivers? What would you like, Matt? I'd like running backs. You want running backs. Jake, since you Ah. are – you get next choice. Gabe, well, your last. Sorry. I really wanted running backs. I'll do. I'll, I'll do quarterbacks. I guess. All right. So that means wide receivers for you, Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> um, wide, I'll take. Can't take that wide re, wide receivers are get love, off the call now. I love uh, saying Tony Fumagalli. <laughs> How about Goatert? Go dare, Goatert, Goddard. What is what is Goat? waiting for? Goatert. <laughs> Good deal. Go-dirt. So this game, it can be called two things. We can choose. It's either called not named Saquon, or <laughs> or it can That's be called Dynasty Senior Superlatives. Like it. I like I like Dynasty Senior Superlatives better. I so like that too. Okay, so obviously you can't choose Saquon Barkley. Matt. Good. <laughs> he is off limits from this game. Good. And when, as I go through this list, you're going to try not to use the same person to win the same thing twice. Okay. So I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you something like I don't know. Uh, best all around. You can give me the name of your of your person, and then a quick sentence about why you think that, or just the name, and we'll keep it moving. How about this? Can I can I throw a wrench yes. in this real quick? I love it. Do All it. All right. I'd like to I'd l- I'd like to make a trade and, and I'll, <laughs> I'll take I'll take quarterbacks. I'll take Fair quarterbacks enough. for the running backs. Fair enough. We'll do that? Uh, okay. 
Matt is much better at quarterback evaluator than I am, so that works and out. I'm just day. I'm just getting started to do my final rounds of running backs, so I've got. I, I know you've done a, on the brain. I know you've done a ton of QB and wide receiver talk, so I've I wanted to get some running back talk into you with All right. uh, with you tonight. And, and Gabe is still screwed with the wide receivers. So uh, yeah, can I? <laughs> <laughs> I might just get franchise tag. <laughs> I don't really have I hope, I hope you've got DLF pulled up or something to an NFL combine list or something up. All right, here we go. So, first dynasty senior superlative. Most likely to be the player that you own in every single league. So, Matt, quarterback for you. Lamar Jackson. Because when I look at his game, um, I think he's going to wind up on a team that has some sense and that won't need to start him right away. And if they do... They won't have crazy expectations about him. And number three, the expectations they have long-term are crazy good because he understands how to play from the pocket, unlike what people say because they watched his freshman tape or his sophomore tape, um, or he doesn't quite fit the prototypes of what people look for physically out of a quarterback. And as a result, they can end up nitpicking the heck out of them, just like they did with Teddy Bridgewater, just like they do with, you know, a variety of players. So when I look at Lamar Jackson, you know, he's, he's honestly, there's Josh Rosen, uh, you know, probably going to be in my rankings about here. And Lamar Jackson is like basically pushing up on, on Josh Rosen pretty hard. And then, and then there's a little bit of a gap, and there's Sam Darnold, who I really like, but Lamar Jackson will most likely be in my league. Now for the He'll for probably the, be the cheapest. Yeah. Well, I guess I don't know if he'd be the cheapest, but but he might have those three about of those three. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I think he would have been until Matt Wallman just right. got the hype <laughs> train the started. Yes, <laughs> started and pushed down the tracks because we Bruce, shout out to Bruce Matson. He was on. Uh, he was on our show um, earlier in the season, and we were just laughing about the fact that the Lamar Jackson hype train was going to be starting soon. And I'm trying to keep everybody quiet because I want to get to <laughs> to the drafts, and I just want to be able to pick him up wherever, whenever. Uh, but yeah, what do I know? Uh, I like Jared Goff. Oh, well, that that worked out. <laughs> <laughs> but he played in seven games and sucked as a rookie. What do you That's mean? Right. You like Jared yes, Goff? There you go. All right, moving on. What you got? What do you got, uh, Jake? Running back here. Hmm. Well, I don't think you want to go super obvious here. And obviously I'm not going to be in a position to take a guy like Geis in all my leagues. So I'm, I was looking at maybe somebody later. <sighs> I've, I've always been an Akram Wadley guy and uh, uh, I know his, his weight was a big issue and he's not an extremely physical running back. And uh, Matt kind of put me in in my place a couple weeks ago when I said he runs beyond his pads really well, or I said he, I didn't say that, but he's, that's where he corrected me saying, yeah, he kind of runs beyond his pads well, but he's not a great interior rusher. But um, I think, I think he's a guy that's extremely elusive. I think he's one of the best running backs in space in this class and a great receiver. I just got him in our, our latest DLF mock. I got him in the fourth round and I, if I can get Wadley in the fourth round as a pass catching option. Uh, I'll be taking him all day long in the fourth round. I don't blame so, you. I don't blame you at all. Gay wide receiver. Most likely to be the player you have in every single league. I think right now, just as as far as what I've what I've seen kind of through some early mocks, and you know, 
this will likely completely change, <laughs> but uh, just a dude that I've seen fall that I'd be interested in if I could like early second round, mid second round, if it, if it happens, I'd love it is ESB. So mm. just the, I think it's a free card there to play if, especially if you get him in the second round, just the, the upside that he has and just how athletic he is. It'd be nice if he could, I don't know, I guess he's all right at his weight. What is he at like 200, 205 or something? He's very lean for six four. <laughs> yeah, he could he could put on he could put on some mass for sure. For sure. So if that happens, I, I think that he's gonna have a very athletic day <laughs> at the combine, which kind of thinks that makes me think that they he won't <laughs> fall to the second round after that. But that's where I've seen him kind of land lately, and that I'd love that. So ESBs for me. Very good, very good. Next next topic or next superlative here. Most likely to succeed in a bad situation. Jake, we'll start with you this time. Most likely mm. to succeed in a bad situation. So no matter where they land, you think they can still do work? Uh, probably have to go Sony Michelle here. Uh, he's just such a well-rounded back, and he's probably at least one of the best pass pro running backs in this class. Uh, he can he can pass protect, which is a huge asset for any team. So he's going to get on the field. He can catch passes he can run inside i think he's being maybe a hair overvalued i think he's getting close to being locked in that 103 and i'm a big nick chubb fan and that hurts a little bit i, I don't know if i can swallow that quite yet but if you're going to talk about somebody that's going to go to a, a difficult situation and at least have a safe floor i like michelle to to be that player real quick sidebar and then we'll jump right back into it Gabe, Jake, Matt, one word answer. Chubb or Michelle? <laughs> Not everyone at once. Be, you, you <laughs> who's, who's first? I just figured right. I knew what Matt was going to say. but <laughs> I'll, I'll give my answer. Chubb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's where I'm leaning. The only, the only, I guess the only part is, is the pass catching thing. I, I don't, you know. It's that's a if if Chubb can catch passes, at least put in 20, 30 receptions. If he can do that, then absolutely Chubb. Gabe. Chubb or Michelle, and then give us your player most likely to succeed in a bad situation. Chubb. Oh, is Chubb, Riley, Chubb, Chubb. Is, Riley, is Riley listening to this podcast right now? <laughs> he has Chubb raked as his RB8. He's, he's, they all he's think way that. too. They're all going to think we're nuts. So that's okay. He's way too distinguished. Okay. To I just think he's cheaper than Michelle too. So a lot there of go. around Michelle wait, right now. Riley's in college. He can't even. He can't even come to the open <laughs> bar. Now. He's not even old enough. Not allowed. Whoa. Shout out to Riley. Riley, Riley, children. Riley does fantastic work, and I love him. But I, when he said that, I literally fell off my seat. So I always have to bust <laughs> his balls about that. <laughs> Well, you got people are going to have him that low too because they're going to be worried about the injury and they what? forgot and they haven't and they may not have watched that freshman tape. Oh my god, or early wow. sophomore tape. Oh my god, he was so special. Mm -hmm. He may have been if he would have stayed healthy, he may be the one on one in this class. Yep, yep, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I he's think a he's, better, just he's a better he's runner a than Barkley, is just natural running yes. back. Yes. Yeah, and he, he, he those knees I, think, I, tell you. I think he would have been the athlete that Barkley was. Listen, this is the thing that people don't realize either is that think about it this way Sony Michelle was the five star prospect coming in. Mm -hmm. Chubb, 
Chubb was squatting 600 pounds in high school. <laughs> Derrick Henry was on YouTube as a sensation squatting less weight than what Chubb was squatting post-injury after tearing three ace, three um three ligaments that were not his ACL, which my buddy Gene Bramwell, when I told him that, he didn't believe me. He thought I was mistaken. So then we had to go look through everything for him to go, wow, that actually happened that way? That is really rare. And he and he recovered sufficiently enough to do that. And he played – he came back at North Carolina and – and 32 times for over 200 yards and outran a cornerback angle for over 50 yards at the end of the game. And he did this his first time back, you know, nine months removed from an injury. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he did that. <laughs> but, you know, as Mark Rick said, when they were, when he recruited those guys and after Chubb had a season as a freshman that Leonard Fournette said, you know, Nick Chubb outplayed me, you know, our freshman's years, um, said that in the media, you know, Rick said, Nick Chubb's our Heisman candidate. Sony Michelle might be our best offensive player. So, of course, you're going to, of course, when you're in that situation, what are you going to do? You're going to let Sony Michelle catch passes and you're going to, you're going to let him, if he's a little better pass protector and a little better pat, uh, pass catcher, well, you're going to use him in that department. And then you're going to use Nick Chubb on the things that Nick Chubb does extremely well, which is run over people and, and, you know, be able to make good decisions behind the line of scrimmage. Um, but that's, that doesn't mean that those guys, the roles that they played, are because they're not good at the other things that that the other one did. Very good, Gabe. Did you ever give us your most likely to succeed in a bad situation? Most likely, uh, I, I think I have to. I, I'm I'm already like on the the James Washington thing now. I think feel like that's the easiest answer. Mm. Very good. <laughs> too prepared, too athletic, gonna blow people away. Uh, it's it's going to be something else i think yeah a lot of these wide receivers they they have to be in the right situation and they have to be used appropriately for their skill set like james washington's a, a guy that if he's not used properly that that could be a, that could be an issue along with a lot of these these wide receivers in this class yeah not a huge fan of of the class too so i mean for me to for me to say someone that's most likely to succeed especially like a wide receiver where they I mean, as of late, that doesn't seem to be true. But where rookie, sophomore, wide receivers don't aren't all that successful, um, it, it's hard to say when you don't like the class as much. Mm-hmm. What do you say, Matt? I'll say Sam Darnold out of USC. I mean, this is a guy that he he can make plays off balance. Um, he's often um, picked apart because of his bad footwork and that he has this wind up motion. But he's someone that. While he's he's not always going to dance by the numbers in the pocket and find that third player in rhythm because his feet aren't there for him to access it, he can also make the big play, um, avoiding pressure. And instead of hitting that third read, he goes back to that first read, who's further down the field, and throws a rocket there um, in in stride and with touch. Um, so I think he's a guy that, while it would be nice for him to have a really good offensive line, he may not necessarily need it. He's tough. He's accurate on the move. He's accurate off balance. Um, and he's kind of that guy that, you know, as Trent Dilfer said when he was contrasting him and Josh Rosen, you know, and he was praising Josh Rosen, even though there's lots of talk about what happened with those guys. Um, but he said, you know, Sam Darnold's a guy that every team's going to fall in love with. Every team's going to love him. He's a people pleaser. He's a nice guy. Um, and I think that when you look at his game, it's, it's probably the one that's, you know, of the answers that I used is probably the least dependent upon an offensive line 
um, and probably also, you know, gives you that element to the working outside the pocket. Very good. All right, Gabe, we'll start with you this time. Are you ready? Always. <laughs> oh wait, did we get a did we get a running back most likely to succeed without Michelle? Yeah, I said Michelle. Yeah, oh, said Michelle. Okay, cool. Yep. Good deal. Here we go, Gabe. We got we got about three more. It's been on how how quick we can move through these. L the wide receiver that you're least sure how you feel about. <laughs> At, like, before or after talking to Matt Walden. The, the eye roll and the smack of the lips. Just, that was just classic. No, girl. Seriously, though, before or after talking to Before. Don't worry you, about me. You, you choose. God, you got me sweating about Cortland, man. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'll take a guy a little further down to have a conversation about um mo mostly because i just recently saw him in the uh senior bowl michael gallup uh i was i i liked i liked a lot of what he did in, in his senior season but uh separated pretty well um ran decent routes and then like i just i just wanted i just want i can't just put it on a senior bowl but i just i wanted to see more i guess and i i always try to peek at the seniors because i feel like they have a chance to shine and really like put themselves in a position to immediately make an impact because they're kind of of the older bunch in uh you know your your year to year prospect crew. So Michael Gallup for me just kind of bummed me out as of late. We'll see how he we'll see how he uh turns out. Matt, over to you. Mason Rudolph out of Oklahoma State, because the dude has great accuracy in the deep game, but even when he's got everything the way he needs to have lined up technically he's not always as accurate in the short and intermediate game and when i look at him he's one of those guys that kind of it's it's one of those wtf moments when i watch him sometimes <laughs> it's just like sometimes i'm thinking wow he's really good and other moments i'm thinking oh it's not quite there yet and so he's kind of all over the place for me and i'm not sure how i feel about him as either a future starter um who might even have franchise ability or is he uh, one of those backups in training who got picked rather high? You 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 talk a lot about the disaster gene with with uh, I know with, with people talking about having that with Josh Rosen. Is it possible that Mason Rudolph has like a sleeper cell disaster gene in him, like just lying dormant? Is <laughs> yeah, it that's possible? A, that's very possible. I think the disaster gene certainly is one of those one of those things that can be activated by environment. You know? Oh gosh, and, you know. <laughs> Oh, Mason, I'm sorry. It, it is written. Oh, I don't know man. if it'll happen. I mean, but it's just it could happen. It could be active, activated by environment. So hopefully, he doesn't wind up in an environment where it's activated. You know, it's, I just picture him going to Buffalo, and I just cry myself to sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, just sad. All right, Jake, running back, your least sure how you feel about. Uh, I think he's relatively a polarizing prospect, but I'm not going to go with the most polarizing running back, which would have been Balage. But I'll go with uh, I'll go with Carryon Johnson. I, I've watched a good amount of his tape, and I love his patience. I I love his physicality. He, he I think he's an underrated pass catcher. I think he's a willing pass protector. 
he runs high and his strides are so long. He's I don't really I think I'm going to be in a position later in late round one or rookie drafts where I'm going to be considering him and I need to do a deeper dive, but I'm not sure if I love him or if I'm underwhelmed with him. And I'd actually, I'd really like to hear Matt's thoughts on carry on Johnson. I like to carry on Johnson from what I, what I've seen thus far. And if I were to publish the RSP today, which would be a mess, but if I did, <laughs> um, carry on Johnson would probably be in my top 10 backs. Um, you know, I certainly liked what, what I saw from him in terms of power. He had pretty good balance. Um, and I, I liked the way that he could accelerate. He had decent acceleration. It wasn't great, but it was, mm -hmm. it was decent and his vision was fairly strong. So he's someone that, you know, when I look at him, I, I could see him working out reasonably well for a team. And and to me, it's the the while production is very helpful at certain points, it's not necessarily something that you have to lean on unless you're just playing the odds. If you're playing the odds, then you you look at him and say, well, he only had one, you know, really strong year. Yeah, yeah, he reminded me of Jamal Williams a little bit from last year. Okay, yeah, I can see how that is. I can definitely see that. And then um, Travis Travis May said he reminds me of a combination of Jamal Williams and Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> and I saw a little bit, a little bit of that with the the patience portion of his game. Yeah, yeah, I all can right. get in that. All right, Matt, this one's back to you. A couple more here. <laughs> um, oh, this is gonna be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely to save Hugh Jackson's job. <laughs> well that's ain't that something um <laughs> the most i don't uh, let's see the most likely to save hugh jackson's job i'm gonna say this and I'm, I'm glad i didn't use him yet because then i would have had to like figure out a way to make this up but i would say it's gonna be josh rosen mm -hmm. because josh rosen doesn't put up with anything when it comes to <laughs> Um, not getting what he wants with the coaching staff and what he, and really it's not so much Josh Rosen, but it's going to be Todd Haley because mm -hmm. Todd Haley is a guy who his philosophy is to somewhat adjust to what the pieces are in the offense, as opposed to trying to make them adjust to him. Like, uh, you know, uh, you know, that North Turner guy. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> but but Rosen is someone who is kind of a straight shooter. He says what's on his mind, and that kind of drove some coaches out of UCLA early on, I hear. And he, and he probably wasn't mature in how he said it all the time. But it strikes me that I get the feeling that if Josh Rosen and Todd Haley got matched up, that those are the type <laughs> of guys that after a bad game or something weird happens, Rosen and comes into Haley's office and is going to be allowed to basically rip Haley a new one. And Haley's going to be allowed to rip Rosen a new one, and they'll both emerge from that meeting better off and not hating each other. It's just going to be like, it's just business. It's okay. I like working with him because I can tell him what I think, even if it's unfiltered. And I think that Rosen is technically sound enough, um, and he is a conceptually smart enough player that with a Browns team that has a decent offensive line, has some really good potential at wide receiver and tight end that he could wind up thriving there 
and and the coaching staff to me is the reason they brought in Todd Haley honestly is to say you need some help Hugh to not run everything and you need to focus on being the head coach which maybe means not throwing other people under the bus and you know and doing your job and not trying to focus on anybody else's and if that doesn't work well Todd Haley could be a coach for us and we can you know <laughs> run him out the way but um you know I joked around the other night there was a meme that Mark Schofield had on where I guess somebody was trying to rob a store and they were he and his buddy were trying to throw bricks at the window <laughs> and the guy threw through the brick and hit, hit his first friend the person stepped in the way and he said to make a uh, a caption of that and mine was you know Jim Haslam's and and John Dorsey saying huge you know, go ahead and go ahead and do what you need to do. We got Todd Haley right behind you. He's going to have your back, you know, and it's like, so to me, if, if it works out, you know, Todd Haley is a great coordinator, will be a great coordinator for them. And then, you know, they grow from there with a guy like Rosen, who I think fits what they could do in Cleveland. Yeah. When Rosen is playing, when Rosen is playing well, He's one of the most fun quarterbacks I've watched that I can remember, and I think he's extremely pro ready. When he's when he goes through his progressions, when he when he utilizes the short and the intermediate parts of the field, and I loved your analogy with I think it was with Elliot Christ about you know when he tries to get into those boxing matches and and doesn't play within his own confines, that's when he when he struggles. But when he does play within himself, I really enjoyed the tape that I've seen so far. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's that's the thing. He just tries too hard to be he just tries too hard to be sometimes something he's not at the end of games. And he's trying a little too hard to be a hero in a way where it's like it's almost like he sees Sam Darnold across the across the way, across town, and he's like, I could do that. I could be <laughs> that guy who makes those crazy throws and and throws it across the field and and you know and does that. And he's got a good arm. But he's like, I want to lack, I want to land those knockout blows like that, you know. And then he starts thinking that he has to do that rather than be the cerebral guy he is who who wins on points. And and I think that as long as he can have someone say, you know, like Todd Haley, who I know he he told Dwayne Bow exactly what Dwayne Bow needed to be, and Bow did that for a year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if uh you know, if he can he can look at Rosen in the eye and say, Look, kid, you're you're smart as can be, but if you if you keep doing that, I'm going to bench you, and you're never going to see the light of day here, you know. And you need to you, you need to figure this out, and you need to calm down. And they don't even need to say it that way, but you know, get the point across. And I think Rosen will respond well to that. Very good, Jake. Running back. Oh, since we didn't go with the the other title of the show, can I can I now use Saquon? No, you may not. I can't. No, you may not. Say somebody <laughs> traded up. Somebody took Saquon at three. They just frozen <laughs> at one overall. You need to run yeah, back the, here. No. Uh, so Saquon would have been such a good answer here. Uh, you don't say. Hmm. <laughs> it was me who traded up. <laughs> Revenge. Can we can we go to game for this question? Sure, Gabe. Real quick, real quick. You know, i i hope the I hope the Browns don't take another wide receiver. But 
at least Josh Gordon, a, Corey Coleman. At least not for a few rounds. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Like they've said not the greatest things about Corey Coleman, it seems. And, you know, the Josh Gordon fiasco, I don't know. And to, they're interested in re-signing Terrell Pryor. And uh, I you, don't know. Could you and imagine the, that being your top four receivers? That are definitely worthy of going – not necessarily worthy. I don't think anyone's necessarily worthy at this point to uh, play, go to the Browns, but uh, <laughs> I think that the Browns would definitely take them. Uh, well, you know what? Let's say, uh, let's say my boy, the, the new face of the Cleveland Browns is Cortland Sutton. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> they, need, they need a guy opposite Corey Coleman, a big body dude. He's going to fix his hand mechanics <laughs> in the fourth round now. <laughs> They're just gonna they're gonna run four wide every game all game after they re-sign Terrell Pryor and draft Colin Sutton. <laughs> Duke Johnson in the backfield, Gordon, uh, Corey Coleman, Terrell Pryor, and Cortland Sutton four wide all day long. Let's go five wide. Drop drop Rashard Higgins in there too. Yes, let's go Browns. All right, Jake, come on. All right, all right, all right. So the Browns are gonna take either Rosen or Darnold at one. Then at four, they're going to take uh, Bradley Chubb or maybe uh, Minka Fitzgerald. Ooh, I like where and this then is going. in the second round, they're like going to take Darius Geis. And Come he's going to pair up with Duke Johnson. So Duke Johnson can be at least the primary pass catcher. Even though I thought, uh, watching some tape on Geis, he catches the ball relatively naturally. I just don't think he was utilizing that offense that well. And I do have some concerns about a Geis, and I don't think he's a perfect running back prospect, but I think if you could have that bruising physical running back like Geis and you could have the pass-catching running back like Duke Johnson, they could do some damage behind a above-average offensive line. You get a quarterback in there. You got Josh Gordon back. Maybe Corey Coleman sneaks back in there, stays healthy. I think that offense could be rejuvenated, and that would certainly go a long ways in helping save Hugh Jackson's job. I just pictured them being paired up like uh, on Joe Dirt when he's talking about his fists. And he's like, <laughs> like they both work and they don't take no feedback. What's up? That'd be so good. All right. La- last one. Last one. And I'll let you guys have fun with this. Get as creative as you'd like. Uh, most likely to be a match made in fantasy heaven. So you take a team. Put the player on that team. <laughs> Match made in fantasy heaven. I'll let you chew on it for a second while I wax eloquent about what I would – the player that's definitely going to be on uh, all my teams because none of you have mentioned him to this point, Mr. Ronald Jones, running mm-hmm. back out of USC. Mm-hmm. I love, 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 love his burst. I love his vision. Uh, the more that I've been able to watch of him, I love what I think that he can be specifically if he's going to weigh in, even at like 205, if he can just get to 205, I would be so happy. Uh, I think that he is going to be so incredibly special, uh, at the next level. And I'm definitely, uh, opining and trying to have him, uh, on every single fantasy team that I can. I, I am, I'm head over heels about him. Uh, I think he'll be fantastic. So, now that I was able to get that off my chest and spill the beans to all my league mates. Thanks for stealing my guy, Jim. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just swooping in. I'm just going to go ahead and uh, 
I can't talk about right now. You can still talk. Evaluate. He still has a team to go on. So whomever whomever's ready, go ahead, go for it. Just stole my thunder. No, go ahead. Let's get let's get uh, let's get Gabe to go first. Are we? Are I love how you're so upset about this right now. No, no, I'm really not. I don't even know if I was the way I was gonna go, but I just had to go there. Is this a uh, a new player that we're? Because you kind of, I I wasn't sure. It seemed like it was like a your all star kind of pick. And no, no, no. I may you can you you can you can choose somebody that you've already chosen. This can be any, any player that's coming out. In the draft this year, if you could pick the perfect landing spot for him, uh, that would be just fantasy goodness all over the place. Uh, where would it be? Where'd you say Rojo was going? I didn't. I just said that was the player that I'm going to have in every league. <laughs> you just, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you're just coming into th- yeah, I, because you guys it. hadn't brought him up yet. So I was, I, I cannot go this entire episode and not bring up Ronald Jones. It's, I'm sorry. I knew you were going to get salty about that. Yeah. I, I was, I'm very salty. About that. <laughs> You've been dancing all around. I'm like, dude, turd. Like, what are you doing? I just, I honestly haven't watched enough Ronald Jones tape and, uh, yeah, well, we'll see. I, I know Graham Barfield had some has some concerns about Ronald Jones, but I I I, uh, I have to dive into his tape more. He's he's not perfect. I just think he's fantastic. He's he's, fantastic. <laughs> he's just damn close. <laughs> Let me think. Right. Let me think of a guy that I'd want to. I I always I always like the. Landing spot as far as like a, a pairing with kind of a veteran wide receiver that they can uh, learn from a little bit. I always like that kind of thing. So I'm thinking of that. Like the Randy Moss, Chris Carter thing. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I've heard of him. Alshon Jeffrey, Brandon Marshall, you Ooh. know, or Devontae Adams and uh, Jordy. Um, Jordy as of late. I mean, I don't know. I think just having a positive kind of success around you in terms of a wide receiver it helps and just a competition too you know friendly competition to be the guy to be the number one to get that homie to leave town hit free agency <laughs> you can be the guy <laughs> um i'm still thinking i'll I'm give you mine if you want with, with like uh to pair up with fits or something and i know john brown will never be the guy i want him to be <laughs> Unfortunately, don't no, we all feel that way? Yeah. <laughs> um, let's go. Yeah, let's go with like a since I'll go with a guy I haven't said and that I kind of like and think that he could be ranked a bit higher because I'm not crazy about Calvin Ridley, but like Christian Kirk, I like Christian Kirk. Uh, for him to go and be with in the Arizona Cardinals under a new regime, learn a little bit from one of the greats, Fitzgerald. I think I think that'd be good. Somebody who's gaining so much, like it, it's a, it, it's like a, I don't even know what you call it. It's like a quiet storm, if you will. I feel like a lot of people are talking Christian Kirk of late. Just, oh, I think it's only going to rise from here because yeah. I think he's going to kill interviews. I think he's going to test pretty damn well. And I agree with Matt. I, I've watched his RSP on Christian Kirk. He definitely has some clapping concerns as matt would say trampoline hands his route running his route running still needs some work but i think the system he was in and the quarterbacks he played with his entire career did not allow much development there and i think he's going to be a really good pro 
And so I think his hype is only going to build throughout the rest of this uh, pre-draft season. So, all right, Matt or Jake, either of you can go ahead from here. Go ahead, Matt. All right. I'll say Lamar Jackson with the New Orleans Saints would be the Ooh! perfect place because <laughs> so Drew, Brees, Drew Brees knows he's at the end of his career. He knows he is. And I think that he's he's a battler and he's a great, great, great quarterback, one of my favorite quarterbacks of the past 15, 20 years. But, you know, I heard somebody tell me that the Saints were kind of had their eye on Lamar Jackson. I don't know if that's true or if that's more, you know, you know, anonymous BS type of stuff. But I heard I heard that. And, you know, when you look at this offense and you look at the fact that Breeze had to be developed and took a couple of years to really go through that, I think Sean Payton looks at a guy like Jackson and says, you know what, we can sit him behind Drew Breeze. We're a pretty strong team with a strong defense that can get a little stronger. Our offensive line is hellaciously good. And we have, you know, we have the pairings of a nice running game. And we have this young receiver who we'd really like to keep in town when his contract comes up, who (laughs) likes to attach himself to quarterbacks like a remora eel attaches itself to a shark and wants to absorb everything. (laughs) So I think that Lamar Jackson being the type of player who apparently had that kind of work ethic to begin his career at Louisville, putting him in a situation where he doesn't have to be the guy right away in a town that I think is going to be friendly to him on a level that I think from a football standpoint will will have a warm reception. I think that could be a absolute perfect fit and would keep Sean Payton there for a while. And to me, that's what I want to see because I think Sean Payton is the type of guy that kind of had an eye opening when he got his, when he got suspended for a year and he got out coached in a peewee league, you know, <laughs> basically with a, with a, with some schemes that, you know, he might look back and go, you know, kind of like Andy Reid embracing a lot of this college stuff, you know, maybe he'll embrace more and more of that stuff, uh, different things of what makes Lamar good. And Lamar can be play in that offense. That's not to say Lamar can't because he really very much can as well as anyone um, once he develops into that, that type of player, but giving him, that kind of mentor, the kind of mentor who's not trying to be Tom Brady, who's trying to be 50 and get the equivalent of plastic surgery to keep looking good, you know, <laughs> and then looking like a clown by the end of their career. You know, he's not going to. And I hope he doesn't end up looking that way. But it just seems like he's one of those guys. And I and I don't have any issue with champions who have that much fight in them that they look ugly at the end because endings are never pretty no matter what they tell you on tv so he's you know he's you got to admire someone who's going to fight to the end like that but i think breeze also is someone that has a little bit more maturity and perspective than brady and is going to look at this and go i can really help this team be great i can help this team transition and you know i'm not going to like it when my time comes and i'm probably never going to be ready but i want this guy to be ready and i'll be able to help him out man hope hopefully dreams come true that yeah, nice. so, there so. literally couldn't be a better fit for lamar i don't think that'd be fun so yeah. sick cuz you know he's oh, he he, he can that turf. Really, <laughs> yeah oh, and he gosh. could really use some time to sit and that's a situation where he's not going to be pressured to, to be thrown in there. So I, either way, even if it's not New Orleans, he's probably looking to go in the latter half of the first round. He could end up on a on a nice team that doesn't need a quarterback right now. 
That's and and Jake, that's as we talked about a few weeks, well, probably a few months ago at this point now. That's almost well, no, that's probably as fun of a future as that Chiefs that we were kind of salivating what could be with Mahomes, Hunt, mm. Hill, Kelsey. Like, right. oh my gosh, Mike T, <laughs> Kamara, <laughs> and, and to speak of that, I'll add this because I, I gotta throw in a Chad Kelly reference whenever I can. <laughs> Because I loved Mahomes, but Kelly was my number two. I I want Kirk Cousins badly to go to Denver because mm. that means they won't draft a quarterback and won't have the investment in a high round guy, um, and it means that they will they'll have a guy that plays just well enough to help that team. But when it comes time, <laughs> they if Kelly shows enough that they won't they won't feel too too bad about letting. Um, Kirk Cousins be the backup or have, letting him go down the line. And from what I heard, um, you know, what I heard is that, you know, I was told by a scout that the only thing wrong with Chad Kelly in terms of injuries was, was not the, was not the knee was not the wrist was that he had a bad hernia mm. and he, and he needed a full year away from the field to really remake his body so that he wouldn't put himself at more risk. And, I honestly think that, um, you know, when he got he got this year off, but when he started to get on the active roster for about a week, you know, everyone was talking about him throwing seventy yard passes and stuff. But what they didn't say is that apparently he was pushing the staff, like I want to compete for playing time, like was literally like so maniacal about doing it that they were like, shut up and sit down. You're going to take you were get, we're putting on you on IR for the year. <laughs> you, you need to basically relax. We know you're working hard and he works maniacally and he's being offered. He's been offered at every turn to go out and hang out with his, his crew of guys, you know, that have gotten to know him and he's turned them down at every opportunity because he basically is working his tail off. Mm -hmm. So I want to see for the next 12 years, I want to see Mahomes Kelly rivalries um, out of these two players because I think if they become the players I think they can become will we the AFC West will be one of the best divisions to watch in football for a decade man I love great. that take I love I love Kelly too Matt quickly if you don't mind I know this is a little bit off topic could you uh can you talk to me a little bit very quickly about Kirk Cousins and where do you think he kind of is uh, uh as far as you know is he uh, mid quarterback too, yeah. Just, just how he kind of suits up against the rest of the quarterbacks in the league. I mean, I think that if he goes to a place like Denver, where he's got a good route runner like Emmanuel Sanders and a and a guy who erases inaccuracies like the the, the Marius Thomas on on you know deep balls, jump balls, types of things like that, he could be as good of a quarterback as he was in Washington for fantasy owners. Um, I'm not a. I was never a huge fan of. Um, of cousins coming out because I felt like that he he's his, you know, you know, like how your kids look at the menu at a, at a diner and they go, I want this, 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 and this, oh, you're like, you don't, don't want to order that. Me. Yeah. And then they, <laughs> you know, they order like 20 bucks worth of food and they eat like 25 cents worth of it. Yeah. You know? Oh my so, gosh. So I'm third down and under pressure with pressure around him. Kirk cousins has that kind of um, syndrome where he sees a throw that he thinks he can make that he has no business trying to attempt because he doesn't have that kind of arm. And so he still makes those kinds of screwed up decisions at times, but he is a smart quarterback. He's just not always wise. Um, and he has gotten better and better. And if a team matches him up, you know, where he can play from a rhythm, 
you know, and that's, you know, an Emmanuel Sanders type of game. And the Marius Thomas has certainly gotten a lot better at that. And if there's a player I missed really bad on, by the way, Demarius Thomas is one of my worst misses ever. Um, but he, uh, you know, he's developed into a really good route runner. Those two guys could really be helpful for Kirk Cousins. And I think that he can, you know, at worst, if he's on a bad team, he's a low end quarterback, one in 16 team leagues. You know, if he's a, if he's um, on a team like the Broncos, he could be a top five quarterback in any given year, depending on how healthy they are. Agreed. Do you think it makes sense for the for my Vikings to sign him? Because there's Vikings Twitter is insane about the the Cousins talk. Well, I I guess my question is is you know is the team that that skittish about Teddy is Teddy being let go? Is it you know what's going on with him? Is the big question for me. Yeah. Um. If if they're if they're letting him go, then yeah, Kirk Cousins would be a nice. He's kind of an, you know, I hate to say it, but it's like he's that nice safe layup on the golf course, you know. I mean, I think that's basically what he is and and with a team like that, you can work with that. And they're and you know, with that def, with that defense, with the offensive line, you know, with the skill players around him, he's he's a little better than a safe layup. It's just that he's not an inspiring choice, you know. You when you think about matching a t- a player with that team, what you'd hope is that you know, Drew Brees gets in an argument with Sean Payton and they draft <laughs> Lamar Jackson and decide to start him right away and they trade his behind to a team like the Vikings, you know, in that same dysfunctional rigmarole that happened with, you know, the Packers, you know, back with, with Favre back in the day and all of the things that happened there. So, but, um, yeah, I like it. I think it'd be all right. All right. That's what's up. Fair enough. I think that'll do it unless y'all – have anything else? Are we done, J. Mike? I've got I've got so many superlatives, but it we is need more game more games, Jay Mike. <laughs> one more one more round. <laughs> that was like a forty five minute game, J. Mike. <laughs> look, guys, I, look guys, at the you guys at the very beginning. At the very beginning, I said, I said, y'all give me a player and one line about him, and everybody proceeded <laughs> to give me novellas about each That's player. Right. That's right. Do you got a crazy one, man? Do you have a crazy supportive that you didn't use? If I can say the word right now. <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't have any other crazy ones. Okay. No, no, none of them that were as fun as the Hugh Jackson one. All right. That, was, that was a good one. I love that. <laughs> good. All, All right. We'll this, uh, man, <laughs> this was like <laughs> so. I don't know. Like, <laughs> as far as open bar goes, like. I don't know. So informational and for you to just be able to sit and talk and for me to just like, I was just like, I felt like I was just watching sports center at a bar and like drinking and just like listening and learning. So it was just like, so amazing. Thank you for coming on, Matt. It was spectacular. It was my pleasure. This was a lot of fun guys. And this is a great way to end the night or at least um, begin my night of more film watching, um, but, but I had a good time. So, um, thank you for having me on and I can't wait to do it again. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, um, we, we didn't even have to ask. He said, do it again. Dang. I don't know if he's just being nice or he means that, but that, that makes me well, feel good. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. Definitely. <laughs> uh, Jake, would you like to say any words about yourself? 
No, no. This this night was all about Matt. And uh, thank you so much for coming on. I've been a huge fan of your work for so long, and uh, just a blast interacting with you and and hearing your knowledge. And uh, again, just appreciate you. Well, thank you very much, guys. It was a, it was really a pleasure. I enjoyed this a lot. So um, I appreciate you having me on. And again, we'll have to do it again. Yes. Bring more twice. Uh, bring egg twice. Parm for everyone. <laughs> that means he's not just being nice. That's right. Twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do I need to say it three parts? I'm like, no, you can sit that would you really have, here, have some more, you know? No, I really yeah. can't. Yes. Yeah, yes. Matt, yeah. Matt, how did you, so how was it on the show? Would you come, uh, would you come back? Just like wondering, asking for a friend. I mean, you just want to move in and we'll just you know, yeah. record whenever we feel like it. You know, yeah. just, just, have eggplant palms at midnight we, together. We, we, I'm telling you, there we go. We can go over to guys, we can go guys, over to Delhi. I get him. I think we found a new co-host. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Take that jacket off, Jake. Done. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Awesome, fellas. Thank you very much. Have a, have a good night, Matt. You too. Take it easy, fellas. All right, Matt. <laughs> night. Oh, that's good. Jay Mike, <sighs> say some things, and then I'll say some things, and then we'll raise our glasses, and then we'll. Sounds good, man. It is it is an absolute privilege for us to be able to continue to do this. Uh, Gabe and I are basically blood brothers, so uh, uh-huh. we, we 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 love the fact that we can bring this to you guys. And uh, big shout to Jake with the with the Matt Waldman get. He he handled all the behind the scenes on that, so that was fantastic. Uh, on Twitter. Everybody's Twitter handles. Obviously, the show is at the open bar FP as in fake pigskin. Uh, you can find my co-host Gabe Gearing on Twitter at Grabbag Fantasy. You can find Jake at NFL Draft Talker. If you need an avatar, holla at him. If you need hot takes, holla at him. He'll probably most likely be in the Pigs Voxer, Pigs 3 Voxer. That is just constantly flying off the handle. It's crazy right now. Uh, you can find Matt Waldman on Twitter at Matt Waldman. And obviously uh, the website being MattWaldmanRSP.com. And you can find me, uh, humbly speaking, John Michael at J Mike Check at J-M-I-C Check on Twitter. And, and again, um, you never know when, when Gabe and I will decide to do a show. So stay close to your Twitterverse. Stay close to your podcast catcher apparently we just found out we're on stitcher <laughs> that's, that's you were that's how we know we made it yeah, you were we, informed. we were informed we're on stitcher my mom made it, made it. by john bosh <laughs> to john bosh thanks for letting us know you guys had no idea so what well, guys uh, guys one little quick little thing uh just for matt again if if anybody that listens to this podcast is watching if you don't, if you've never purchased RSP, it's honestly the best value you will get in your dynasty uh, investment all year long. And uh, like I said, he he comes out with a pre-draft uh, RSP and then a post-draft RSP. It's a great way to dive in when you don't have enough time to dive into tape and analytics, and just get some background on these guys. And there's nobody nobody better in this business at evaluating. Uh, fantasy players and then the Matt Waldman. 
And let's be real, 95% of us don't have that kind of time to put into yeah. <laughs> film watching and everything I else. I yeah, just trust me, you do phone. not want to watch all that tape. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not about that life. Okay? I, got, I got kids I'm trying to feed, okay? As Kevin O'Brien would say, let's just borrow some brilliance from there this. There you book. go. That's yeah. right. Yes. Good book. Uh, all right. <clears throat> I don't, you said all the good things. I guess we, we should shout out our, our website that we're hosted on. I know you kind of mentioned a little bit of fake pigskin. We've got their uh, little subscribe thing as well. Um, it's cheap. You can get it on the yearly basis or the monthly basis. It's like, what, three three bucks a month or something? So just go out there and do right. it. All the content, all the love. Go out there and get it. Um, we're on a podcast, so you can check this out tomorrow. But if not, Every Tuesday, no, not every Tuesday, some Tuesdays, 9.30. I want to say every Tuesday, J. Mike, because I want to be here with you in my arms every Tuesday. But, uh, and by arms, I mean, you know. Dibs on Big Spoon. Uh, Sure. Yeah, you know what? Uh, How do you feel about grapefruit tunes? Uh, (laughs) When and where. (laughs) Could you give me a superlative, please? (laughs) Superlative. All right. That'll do it. We'll we'll be back. I, you know what? We'll probably what the uh, combines March second. Combines next week. I thought. Yeah. Okay. So we'll be back. We'll be right back. We'll be back yeah. right after that. We'll be talking about Cortland Sutton and how he just blew up the combine and who cares about his hands. <laughs> so uh, put your drinks up, fellas, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Oh, yeah, I got to put pictures of my cornrows up. All right. Oh, yes, please. Yes. <laughs> I'm not leaving until I Pistol see Pete Bunge. <laughs> oh, my God. Too much sauce. All right. We'll see y'all in a couple weeks. Deuces. Post Malone. Mm-hmm.